Welcome to Inner Peace with Dr. Reese, a program that can help you become liberated in the modern world. Now, here's your host, Dr. Kevin W. Reese. And I'm here at the Bridge Healing Arts Center, and I have Denise Atkinson with me. That's correct. And your story is shocking. Is that a good word? Shocking? Shocking, amazing. Yeah. I think it's amazing, actually. So you were telling me that you you were having health concerns, right? That's correct, yeah. And you went in... And the doctors didn't, right? They never really know at first, right? They didn't listen. No, they didn't at all. And I was complaining for a very long time. Yeah. Well, what were but your symptoms? My symptoms were I was losing my hair. Um, my eyebrows started to really get thin. My mm. bones started to ache. I had this deep, deep cough. Yeah. Um, I just didn't feel good. I would go to sleep at night and I would wake up and I would feel like my brain wasn't getting any oxygen. Interesting. Yeah. And I, and I would wake up exhausted and I would literally roll out of bed to get up and just, I was in excruciating pain, aching. And how long was this going on? This went on for probably about a year. Wow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then the doctors finally found what? They finally found after blood work and you know ultrasounds they finally found that my kidney was twice the normal size Mm. and it was just growing and it looked like a monster and Mm. it was basically just sucking all of the life out of me so i had kidney cancer Mm. renal cell what was your reaction um i was very thankful that they had found something because it was getting so bad that i just I just didn't know what I was going to do. That's how bad it was. So you were you actually had gratitude that they found cancer in your kidney. I was so happy. I said, Ah, now I know what's wrong with me. Now because you went you went through a whole year of in and out and these these doctors they, they almost uh treat us like lab rats in a way, right? Like they're always poking and prodding, they don't know what what's going on. It's mm-hmm. like That's it's true. exhausting to go in and out. It is. Not no. The unknown is scary. The unknown is scary. And what's even more scary was the fact that my doctor, with his back turned from me, said to me, well, maybe you're depressed because these symptoms can be a sign of depression, right? Sure. Achiness, sleepiness, coughing, um, could be allergies. And I was really angry with that statement. And Mm. I was like, don't you ever ask me that again. Because wow. I, these symptoms are real. Yeah. My hair is falling out. It's real. Yeah. So I was very thankful. Okay. Now it's time for surgery, right? Time for surgery. The, I just knew it when I was sitting with my urologist um, that things were going to work out. She said to me, most people start to cry when they hear this diagnosis. And I said, I'm just so happy. Let's just get this over with. So the kidney gets removed. Um, I recover. Everything is fine. Um, A year, I think it's like six months later to a year. Um, This was in 2013. So then I had thyroid cancer. Mm. So those symptoms started to return. The loss of the hair. I had so much hair on the bathroom floor, I can't tell you. Wow. And, and that's, I, I, you know, in my experience, when I had my practice working with clients, mm-hmm. that was a big thing for women when their hair falls out. Now you're messing with a woman's uh, uh, beauty, right? Yes. No woman wants to go bald. No, no. I wasn't going bald, but it looked like I was on my bathroom floor. Right. Um, now, I've seen women flip out over oh, hair sure. falling out. Sure, oh, yeah. sure. Yeah. So um, the kidney, October 23rd, 2014, that gets taken out. So it was one thing after another. Wow. So you had cancer twice? Twice. Okay. Mm-hmm. And both times you had gratitude? Both times I had gratitude. Both times. I was like, thank you. We know what this is. Now let's move on from here. 
did you have any sense of well i you know i could i could die from this did you have any of that was there any uh fear at all no i didn't have fear no i'm not fearful of dying at all but it never crossed my mind actually so it was just find the darn problem fix the darn problem and let's get on with life here. Let's go. Let's, let's go. go. I'm all about solutions. <laughs> I don't want to focus on the negative. <laughs> you almost sound like a business owner or something, like an entrepreneur. Like Solution. Nip it in the bud and let's go. Let's get going here. I got things to do. Right, right. <laughs> uh, how, how did your, did, was your family scared? Uh, my dad couldn't look at me. My dad would just look at me and cry. And so I had to remove him from the experience. I call it an experience, a journey. Yeah, I had to because he would come in and just look at me and start crying. And that just turned my whole positive attitude. I felt bad that he was experiencing this with me, but he couldn't bring any laughter to it or he couldn't joke about it. You didn't want any negative energy. I didn't want any negative energy. I just needed positive people, bring me chocolate, bring me flowers, <laughs> bring me magazines, you know, let's talk about what we're going to be doing in a year. I didn't want to listen to or see anybody upset. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, the the the, the curveball to this story mm-hmm. for the listeners is that you're a medium. I am. And so, and you've been one for a long time. Yes. So you, you know, you just mentioned you're not scared to die. So you uh, had an understanding of spirit and the journey of life. Do you think that that is what gave you that courage to just, all right, let's, let's go. Let's get this over with. I have always had the attitude that everything is going to be okay. I'm going to make it through no matter what happens to me. And that started at a very young age. I think from the age I was maybe about nine, um, I had a tragedy happen to me. And I knew then that I was going to be okay. And it, that just continued all through through my life. May I, I ask, still what, feel that what way. was the tragedy? Well, I, I'd, rather, I'd rather not say. Okay. Um, but it I think I will say when I'm going to be writing a book, and so I'll put it in there. Okay, okay. So, um, but that was the first time that I heard spirit talk to me mm. and tell me that I was going to be okay. And from then on, it was... And then from, well, even before that I knew, but from then on, it was definitely an understanding right. that I had between me and God. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, the universe, people can call it whatever they want, yeah. the soul talking to us. Yeah. For me, it's God. Yeah. But, yeah. In the, China, the Tao. The, exactly. So, yeah. yeah. So, you go into this situation of two surgeries within two years? Yep. 2013 was the kidney, 2014, the thyroid. Mm-mm. And did you, what was it like going under as the anesthesia kicks in and you're, you're fading out? Well, the kidney, I don't remember much, but um, when I came to with the thyroid, um, I don't remember much, but I did say to my stepmother, I saw my grandmother. Mm. And later on, I found out that my surgery for my thyroid was on my grandmother's birthday, October 23rd. Mm. So that was kind of interesting. Um, And I don't think there's any coincidences. So um, I think it was just her way of letting me know that she was with me. Right. And so you, you went into these surgeries with, uh, with a sense of peace. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, 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 mm-hmm. uh, there's someone, there's probably a few people listening right now that are like, what? No way. I'd be freaking out. Or, or maybe they went through something similar. I, I had a friend who, um, was diagnosed with cervix can- cervix cancer. And she told me, she described it. She ended up becoming a client of mine. But she ended, she described it to me. She said, as soon as the doctor said it was cancer, I blacked out. She's like, I blacked out. Like, everything just... Mm. And she's like, it felt like just a death sentence right there. 
And the next 24 hours was just mayhem in her mind. That's not your experience. No, not at all. <laughs> that's not at all. That's, uh, you know, that's, that's why in the beginning, you know, I said maybe it's, someone could view it as shocking mm. because the average person doesn't want the doctor to say that to them. No, no, I understand that. Yeah. Um, I don't view anything or any disease or anything that's happening to me as, let's see, um, like warfare. You know, it's just, it's it's a journey. It's something that comes into our life and we just have to move through it. It's the physical body. It's the physical body. We just need to move through things. Yeah. You know, so. One of my favorite sayings I heard a guru say that I still lives with me to this day is nothing happens to you. Everything happens in front of you. Oh, I love that. I love that. Exactly. And if, if we can just sort of remove ourselves from the situation, mm-hmm. let our awareness take a step back and kind of witness everything, it 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 is a journey, right? It's it like is. it's like, all right, well I my physical body is going through some sort of illness Mm -hmm. what the cause is is, you know whatever bottom line is it's it's happening it's happening and uh oh well (laughs) cool it's part of the human experience right it is and that brings me to a thought of you know hamlet being on a stage and Mm. it's a play and it's you're watching a play within a play yes right yeah so if you can remove yourself like you said detach from it and be the observer yeah Instead of the player. That's right. Instead of the actor. Yeah. We can understand things from a different perspective. We are actors, aren't we? Aren't we? <laughs> so I always say, somebody says, oh, you're a doctor. Oh, you're a, you're a, a podcast host or whatever. I'm just, you know, just playing the role of that. Yeah. You know, I, this is the outfit I'm wearing. This is just a uniform. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Many different hats. <laughs> That's right. It's just a suit. It's just say. a uniform, you know, just like a fireman wears a uniform. And um, I think that, you know, if more people can wake up to this understanding, and that's what I hope that we do with this podcast, is there's a sense of inner peace when you realize that you are just having a human experience. Why do you think the regular person is so scared to die? Why do you oh, think? That's a good question. Yeah. Uh, because it's unknown. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. We don't know that there's anything that exists, the average person on the other side. Yeah. I mean, we want to believe in something. I think even, you know, if you're an atheist at the time of dying, if mm. you have that opportunity to say goodbye to your family and friends, you want to believe that there's something on the other side. Yeah. I think. And so I think it's unknown, truly. Atheists are going to be shocked. <laughs> <laughs> Very shocked. They're going to be shocked. Very shocked. But, you know, I know there's something on the other side. Yeah. So. Well, it's obvious. Yeah. It's obvious if somebody would put the time in, put the discipline in. Uh, some people don't have to. Some people, it just happens to, you know. You right. said you had experiences at a very young age. Right. So it's different for you. Uh, I never had any experiences until I got into the, you know, my thirties. So, mm-hmm. uh, some people don't have any experiences. Maybe that's cause they're closed off, right? Are they just closed off because they're like, they're the, the opinion and the belief is so strong that just psh, closed off. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I would agree with that. Yeah. They could be closed off or they're just just not in belief i mean you know there are a lot of people that just believe in science and show me show it to me or i don't believe it so and that's the problem mm-hmm. is that people are obsessed with logic mm. there's so many things that can happen that are beyond logic and uh it's speaking of that mm-hmm. you you've said you've had some experiences you didn't you you went to a meditation session with with my buddy Priscilla, I did, I did. Who was on this podcast a few episodes ago, and you said you had an experience. Could you tell me about that? I'd love to tell you about it. Um, I went to meditation after I believe it was the thyroid cancer. 
Um, and I was in a group meditation with about 30 feet people, 30, 35 people. And, um, Priscilla just started to talk. It was a guided meditation. I closed my eyes and immediately I was in white light. I no longer heard her voice. I was in this bright white light. There were three light beings, I'll call them. Yeah. And they just sort of, they were positioning themselves. Yeah. And I just looked at them and I knew them and I wanted them to talk to me. Mm. But I felt this overwhelming feeling of love, mm. acceptance. Um, it, it was amazing. And towards the end of the meditation, now keep in mind, I still don't hear a word she's saying. Um, the tunnel started to come in where they just started to back up or I started to leave them. And it immediately became black. I, I just couldn't believe it, actually. And I couldn't speak. I couldn't open my eyes. I heard Priscilla say, you can open your eyes now. And the woman next to me sneezed. I'm a germaphobic, and usually I would move very far away from that. I couldn't move. There was this energy hovering above my body. And mm. then it came with a fierce sort of energy to the tip of my nose. Yes. And then slowly started to back away. And then I was able to open my eyes. Absolutely amazing. Couldn't speak. Uh, Priscilla is also a medium, as you know. Yeah. And she started to say things like, who here has an aunt, you know, that passed some time ago that had very short hair. And I couldn't speak. And so what I did was I just raised my hand, like, that's me. And she continued to say, who here, that's me. And then she just told me, you know, you belong here. Um, You were born to be a medium. And I it was just amazing. Mm. Um, I leave to go home after this. And, and before you continue, is mm-hmm. this the experience that led you to start helping other people? No, I actually started um, when I was young in high school, okay. reading my friends and stuff. Okay. But I can tell you this, from a very young age, I kept saying, where are you? Show me. God, where are you? I, I want to see you. So I've been asking since I was about nine years old. Okay. So there was a, that awareness there. Um, and this out-of-body experience was a gift. I mean, I think it's better than winning lotto for me. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I go home and I go to bed and I go to bed for three days. Um, I think I got up to go to the bathroom. I don't remember eating. Um, my husband comes upstairs at the time and says to me, are you okay? I don't remember that. I just go back to bed. I was literally exhausted from the experience. And I became a little bit depressed in the sense that I wanted to go back. Right. And, and that was really hard for me because... Like a kid leaving Disney World? Oh, yes. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go back and the only way to go back for me would, would be suicide. Right. And mm-hmm. I don't have that in me. No. So, um, I had to get up and start living. So I finally got out of bed after three days and took a shower and started to live. It took a little while for me to feel like I was in my body because it was so foreign. I mean, right. yeah. So that ride home from that meditation must've been, What's the adjective I'm looking for? I don't remember it. It's just all blank. It, that was You're blank on autopilot. To me. I was on autopilot. But I can tell you that the ride to the meditation was very interesting because it was a 20-minute ride. I live in Farmington to Glastonbury, about 20, 25 minutes. And I remember driving and seeing that the sky was just huge. It looked like that Arizona sky, you know, just wide open mm-hmm. with all these big, beautiful clouds. And I felt different. I felt like I was one with the universe, that I was just expanding into that sky. Right. And the vastness. The vastness. Yes. And I and I remember saying to myself, I feel so wonderful right now. Yeah. So I think that was the only time I, I'd ever felt that vast or that expanded. Right. Um and then that out of body experience happened. 
Um, and it just, it was a gift. I, like I said, I had been asking for a very long time, God, where are you? Why won't you, you know, let me see you show me what's real on the other side. And it was given to me. Yeah. This, even though you've had experiences before, you would say that this one was, uh, the, the game changer, so to speak. It just kind of changed your whole perspective on everything or. Well, I've, I've never had an out-of-body experience. Okay. So mediumship is a little bit different. Right. Um, so this was a game changer because you weren't just reading. Evidence. You weren't just reading, you were leaving. Yeah, exactly. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So. There's the name of the book, Reading to Leave. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so um, being a medium, it's, you know, it's like my soul and the person... Right. That's passed or crossed over on the other side mm -hmm. for a brief moment is passing each other. And then all that information is downloaded, so to speak, right. in, in you know today's terms. Um, and then I'm able to give evidential mediumship right. to the person sitting in front of me. Right. So and it's genuine. That That's the most important thing I can tell you about what I do is that right. it's genuine. This is a general theme that comes up a lot in this podcast, too. Do you find it difficult to be this spiritual being having this human experience, but then you also have to have a business, too, on top of it? And it's like, ah, there's there's always uh, uh, burdens that come with running a business, too. I'm not really good at the business side of it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I really don't do a lot of advertising. Most of my business is word of mouth. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. um, I should become a little bit more business orientated. Um, and maybe I will as, you know, but right now I'm just fine. And I don't really look at things as burdens. Right. They're just one more thing that I need to do. Right. And I'm on the right path, the right course. Okay. So some some people have trouble with that balance, um, especially if they come from that ambitious background, such as myself. So it's like, you know, go, 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 go. Ambition, 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 ambition. And all of a sudden, a spiritual experience happens and it's like, whoa. Yeah. Maybe I should slow down. Right? So it's it's sort of the opposite. I, I, I just heard a story yesterday by this gentleman named Vishrant who uh, he was a very successful businessman and he was out on a boat one day and the boat was sinking and they were surrounded by sharks that's scary and he was like <laughs> within an hour I'm going to not only am I going to die mm -hmm. I'm going to be eaten alive mm -hmm. and I know it and he knows it yeah and I was like, wow, that's, that's, that's different than being 80 years old and laying on the bed and being like, all right, well, it's time to die. And right. Yes. Yes, it is. And he said that he had this overwhelming feeling of, he didn't, ex he didn't get to experience, you know, the spiritual awakenings that he wanted to. And because he didn't put in the time and the effort and, you know, and mm -hmm. love and all that. And so he event they eventually got rescued and he shut his whole business down. He shut wow. everything down. Wow. And just found a guru and just went. And so uh you know, sometimes these things happen. I don't know if uh we'll be surrounded by sharks. Uh <laughs> everyone will be surrounded by <laughs> sharks. But that's that's wow. How do you deal with that? That's like a metaphor for life, isn't it? Being surrounded by sharks yeah. with life and yes. not really paying attention. Yes. That's an amazing awakening. Yeah, and he had this feeling of, this is the way he put it. He said, I was I was rich, mm. but I was poor. Mm -hmm. He was like, I was poor in the love department. I was poor in, and uh, in the spiritual department, I was poor. But I had all the money I could ever want. Well, when the basic necessities are taken care of, everything else is a gift. You know, for me, it's all about love. Mm -hmm. It's the bottom line. It's the common denominator. Love is what I learned in that meditation, in, in that out-of-body experience, that there's nothing greater than love. Yeah. 
Yeah. Nothing. And pe- people misinterpret it because of all the programming that we've had our whole lives as Correct. sort of the romantic love, right? The man and wife right. getting married. But it's bigger than that, isn't it? Huge. It's much bigger than that. Yeah. It's it's sending good thoughts to people who don't like you. It's, you know, being good to your neighbor, even though they're driving you crazy. Mm-hmm. It, it's way above just the romantic love. They're mm-hmm. all different types of loves, as we know. Yeah. So it's treating each other like brothers and sisters. Compassion. And compassionate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, the programming just sort of gets us and uh, all these romantic comedies that are out there. I do like them, though. You do like them? Of course. But but they they do, you know, they get the the 16-year-old little girl, uh, you know, programmed into the oh i can't wait to find my husband and we'll have a big wedding and oh, we'll, disney uh, disney disney yeah, i'll wear the dress and, uh, glass slipper yeah i always love it when i run into people that are like yeah we got married like by ourselves we eloped in the mountains like i'm like yes that's <laughs> awesome you know love is the, the universal religion it's the it's the overall thing it's what jesus taught it's the main yes. thing of what Jesus yes. taught. I was always um, taught in my spiritual journey that there's two ways to get to the top of the mountain. So one is love and the other is awareness. Whichever vehicle brings you to the top, the other one will come in. Mm-hmm. So in other words, if love brings you all the way to the top, the awareness will kick in then. Or if awareness brings you all the way to the top, the love will kick in then. I love that. So it's like a triangle with love and awareness on the sides, both coming up to the same peak. Mm -hmm. And then the bottom of the pyramid would be purification because there's a lot of stuff we need to detox out of our mind and the programming, right? That's right. All the programming that we have. That's right. That's right. Like, uh, you know, Tony the Tiger isn't for us. It's for the kids and (laughs) and get them to eat how they eat and... Santa Claus is another one. Santa Claus, yeah. 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 Santa Claus is another one. Um, just holidays in general, just boosting the economy. And, that's true. And so. That's true. Just a lot of programming to sift through to find truth. And, and this is why we have so many atheists. I would agree with you. Or people that are stuck on their religion. And don't want to know nothing else, right? Right. right. That's right. right. Now, you said that you're you're Christian, right? I am. So you're a rare breed. It is not often you get a Christian medium. You're exactly right. That's not You're often. exactly right. But would you, would, you, would you say that it's more of a thing of you're a spiritual medium who loves Jesus? I would say that I am a spiritual medium that loves Jesus, yes. Okay. And there are miracles that happen in the Bible, right? Yes. So. Yes. I mean, yeah, I do. I go to church on Sunday. Every Sunday? Every Sunday. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you're around all these people who also love Jesus. I believe they do. Or or claim to. (laughs) Claim to. Yeah. Do you ever pick up any vibes from these people? Like... Do what ever, what do you mean vibes? Do you ever can you sense who's Oh, in church you mean? Yeah. Can you ever sense who's more spiritually advanced and who's more spiritually broke? I can, um but I choose not to. Right. I kind of turn that off because um it, I don't think that's really any of my business. Right. People have that have not given me permission to read them. Mm. I just don't think that's right. I mean, things have happened to me, you know, where I went into like a coffee shop and um, was standing behind someone and got all kinds of information downloaded. And then she turned around and started talking to me and told me exactly what I already knew. Um, Mm. But I shut that off. How do you shut it off? I I just, I just talked to myself. No, no, stop. No, it's like shutting the window. I call it. It's like the windows open and all the information gets flooded in, right? Right. The, the wind blows. Um, I just close it. And no, because it's, I call it junk. It's their stuff, not mine. Right. So I'm not privy to that information unless I've been given 
permission. Right. So, and that would be judging also. And I'm not interested in judging anyone. That's also part of the programming. Mm, yeah. And, and that also happened to me very young. I've always been acceptance of everyone. Yeah. Acceptance. Yeah. Just accept people for who they are. Sure. You know, and so, and not have expectations because, you know, you get disappointed, right? It's, just, a, it's a duality. It's a duality. It really you is. just let people be who they are. They, you know. Yeah. They'll show you who they are. Now, how do you, how do you take this philosophy into raising children? You have how many kids? I have three children. They're all grown. They're all grown. They're adults. So how how do you how do you do that? Because kids sometimes need advice. They need guidance. They do, and I've I've done my job well, um, and we'll, I can take that back to, we'll talk about Christmas for a minute. I've never given lots of gifts to my children. They've only really received, even as small children, two or three gifts, um, not expensive. It was more about the family getting together. Mm. That's the most important thing I think that yes. I impacted on my children yes. was family time, dinner time, being together at the table having conversations about their lives, um, their dreams, and um, just let them be who they are. Right. Really is what it's all about. I have very good children. My daughter just had a baby yesterday. Oh, cool. Yeah. At, you know? Your grandma. October 30th um, at 3.13 a.m. Okay. So I am uh, Nona. <laughs> Nona, okay. <laughs> Nona. Is this your first grandchild? It's my first grandchild. So are you warming up to the idea of being a grandma? Um, yes. I know my role. Because <laughs> <laughs> you, you're, really, you're a young grandma. I am. I am. I had my, my children young when I was 19. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm 53. Yeah. And so I am a young grandma mother yeah. but my daughter's 30 you know too right. so right. that's pretty old i think right so to have a child i think today but people are having children later in life so, oh yeah yeah so not like when i was younger yeah it was in our 20s right so but yeah my children um are good humans um they're generous they're kind and you know there's no judgment they're very acceptance of people and new cultures and places they've been you know to the middle east and we actually all lived over there for a while so they've done a lot of traveling are they they're are they accepting of your uh spiritual spirituality yes they are my um daughter is intuitive um my oldest son he kind of makes jokes about it a lot but he, in a good way you know, in a good way. Um, and my middle son, he has a little bit of a hard time believing in God. Um, so he's more scientific right. based, but I'm convincing him, I think, you know. What what makes him close off to that, you think? Um, or he's just kind of I, stuck in the logic? I think he's stuck in the logic. I yeah. think he's just, you know. Uh, but is he looking at it as a deity? See, that's that's the thing that a lot of atheists do is they view it as the deity. Like there's a guy in the sky with a beard. How right. can you believe in that? You're crazy. Right. Instead of looking at it as a a force. A f yes. I. You know, I think he thinks it as a deity. Okay. And I think that's probably what the issue is for him. That's, that's, a lot, yeah. that's how it is with a lot of people. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah. But there are things that he can't explain. Um, like, for example, when he was in high school, he used to climb up on the roof to get into his room. Okay. Mm. And a little sneaking in and little out. little sneaking in and out, you know, <laughs> when he was in high school. I think he was in 12th grade or something. And I heard him scream, Ma. So I think it was 2.30 in the morning. I went downstairs. I opened the door. And I he was standing in front of the door. And I said, what are you screaming ma for? And he said, I didn't say a word, ma. I was just about to climb up on the roof and go into my room. So there are little things that mm. has happened that mm. I bring up to him all the time. Yeah. Now, how could that possibly be? Right. Yeah. So 
there's a there's a neat connection with him and I. Okay. So it's a mysterious place we live in. It is <laughs> supernatural. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned you were in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. Tell me the story of you um, wanting to go where Jesus went. Oh, oh, I was in Israel. Okay. Okay. So I wanted to go to the Sea of Galilee. Yeah. Okay. And we get in, it's really late and I wake up, I think it's about four thirty in the morning and I go down to the front desk and I said to the lady behind the desk, I said, I'd like to uh, go and watch the sunrise, you know, where Jesus used to hang out. You like that? Hang out. <laughs> hang out. <laughs> he used to kick it with and his she friends. Would kick it with his friends, you know? <laughs> And uh, she looked at me like I was a little crazy. She says, well, it's kind of early. And I said, that's okay. I just want to get there. I just want to get there. And she goes, okay. So go out the door, take a left, take another left, go down this dark path, um, and you'll come to the water. So me, little crazy and brave at the same time, it's pitch black out. Yeah. I have my phone, you know, thank God it has a flashlight on it. Mm-hmm. And I'm trailing down through this dark path and I come to a store <laughs> and there's no water and I go in and I the, I don't think the man spoke English and I'm like Jesus the water the sea of Galilee <laughs> and he's like in the back the back of the store he's pointing um so I'm looking and thinking should I go to the back of the store and he kept going you know go go and so I go to the back of the store, I come to the water, but there's a fence. And I'm thinking, I'm never going to get to the back of to the water. Right. And suddenly this man comes and he has a lunchbox with him and he opens this gate and he goes down to the water on a dock. And so I follow and I asked him if I could sit out on the dock and he, he said, no. And I said, please, I put my two hands together in prayer and, you know, just please, he said, okay, don't get hurt. <laughs> so I found a place to sit among all the stuff that was on this dock. And um, it was just beautiful. The bell was, you know, dinging. And uh, the birds were flying. Um, the sound of the water, the dock moving. It, it was just the experience was surreal. The sun started to rise. And I was just in awe. Mm. My heart chakra was so open, I felt like the sun was penetrating me, just going right through me. Yeah, it was gorgeous. And it your was, your vibrations were raised. Oh, I was, I was on through the roof, cloud nine. I yeah. was through the roof, um, and I I started to cry. Sure, you know, sure. It, it was so beautiful, and I felt like I made it. I felt like I was home. Yeah. Really, I did. And um, when the sun was up, I got up and I said, thank you. I yelled, thank you, and waved. And, <laughs> and they're looking at me like there's a whole group of men on the dock at this point. Yeah. You know, and they're going off on these boats, I guess. And they're like, you want to go for a ride? And I'm like, no, that's okay. Thank you. <laughs> so I, I got what I needed. I think that's what it was. So and I needed that. and. Well, it's perfect. Well, I say when a master dies, they leave behind what's called a Buddha field. And so that's that might have been what that was. Is, I know, think so. His presence, essence, is left in that area. Mm. So if somebody wants to you know, tap into that, they can. Mm. And that was another moment of just feeling full of love. Yeah. Unconditional love. Yeah. It's that simple. Which is what he was trying to teach. And That's right. Not everyone got. That's right. Let's talk about that a little more. What What makes you? What is it about um, Jesus that gravitated you towards him? I think Jesus is amazing because whether or not you believe in him or or the Son of God. You know, that he died for our sins. No matter mm-hmm. what you think about the Bible or Jesus, here's a man who believed so much. Who, the connection is just undeniable. 
that he knew what was going to happen to him and still followed, still followed the path that he knew. He he didn't have to go into Jerusalem. He didn't. He, He didn't have to. He didn't. He could have he could have ran and hid, yep. and he didn't. Yep. I mean, I think that in itself is is just. I mean, there are no words for me for that. Yeah, really. Yeah. So he was willing to die. He was willing to die. And even when the um when the when the Romans and the uh, high, the high priests and all them when they were questioning him, mm-hmm. he wasn't really explaining himself. He was just like. Let's get on with it. Let's go. <laughs> kind of yeah, like you did yeah. with the cancer. Yes. Similar. Just like, let's yes. go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's what go. you got for me? Let's do it. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> because he wasn't, he was not, exp- in, as the story goes, he was not explaining himself. He just said, yeah, I'm the son of God. Right. What's up? What you want to do? Yeah. What do you want to do? <laughs> what you want to do? Let's get this party but started. But he, he didn't explain it. He didn't try explaining it. No. Because... And, and all masters go through this, and you you know you can't. Again, we're back to the word. We're back to the logic thing. It's very difficult to explain things that aren't logical to the That's average right. person because they're stuck in this unconsciousness. That's right. When you try explaining consciousness to an unconscious person. It's like talking about you know ghosts and goblins. It's 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 yeah, Bigfoot. It's it's like yeah. you know Loch Ness monster. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But nobody knows if Bigfoot is real unless you yeah. saw him. Like, oh yeah, no, I saw him. I was, you know, yeah. he's out back in the bridge. You know? Or aliens, <laughs> aliens, or same, aliens. Same it's thing. Another, it's another. Same thing. Yeah. You don't really know until you know. But you know, people are stuck in their logic, right? And these these Jewish high priests were stuck in their logic, and they're like, this guy is ruining it they were afraid of him they're afraid of him sure they're afraid of him sure so sure and we we've seen that we see this all through times you know the hindus were scared to death of gotama the buddha they got rid of buddhism as soon as he died Mm -hmm. buddhism isn't in india Mm -hmm. it's in china japan america (laughs) in india they they said no oh that's right well, I think people are afraid to hear the truth. Yes. I think that's what it is. Yes. People who speak the truth don't really have a lot of friends sometimes. Right. So. Right. I can attest to that. Just, mm-hmm. you know, for the last 10 years being a, uh, a truth speaker of health and talking about the conspiracies that are happening and, you know, I can do seminars on the kidneys and the, mm-hmm. the, the lungs and everything and uh people are just like whoa like it's just so far out there because the medical establishment is based in logic and it's based in unconsciousness it's based in mm-hmm. science we gotta be careful with science like Me it's too. it's cool but it's it can be dangerous you're absolutely right Look what they're doing with our technology now. I mean, what we're going to have what? We're going to have, you know, we're going to be living with robots in a matter of years. Like, it's just, it's escalating. It's becoming a sci-fi movie. I know. Um, you know, they, you know, they, they should have just stopped with this smartphone thing a few years ago. And just like, all right, we're going to stop there. Mm-hmm. Have your little computer in your pocket. It's fine. Right. But now they can track us and they, they know what we're texting if they want to look. They know what we're buying. They know what we're buying. Who we're talking to. Everything. And all the robots is, is going. It's all happening. Oh, yeah. It's happening. Yeah. I was in the store and there's one like walking around. Yeah. Security. Yeah. I mean, all the jobs, where are they going? Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, so, they're going to go to machines. They're going to go to machines. Yeah. Robots. Yeah. And it's going to be one heck of a population control, too, because they're coming out with robot brothels. <laughs> what? <laughs> There's what? a robot brothel in Houston. <laughs> I never heard of it. Yes. This yes. is interesting. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yep. People mm. are having sexual experiences with robots. Talk about detachment. Yep. From the human experience. Yep. The, that's really... 
That's really even hard to fathom. But it's easy. It's easy to promote because all you have to do is say no diseases, no pregnancies. Right. No one telling you to go make a sandwich. <laughs> no, no one knowing. No one knowing. You're right. No, I, I, I saw a thing where uh, this rich guy, because obviously they're expensive right now. Right. 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 The right. average person isn't going to buy a sex robot. They're like 20 grand or whatever. Oh, my goodness. So this one rich guy, he bought three. He's got his blonde. He's got his Asian. Talk he's got his black girl. He's got his, he's got it. He can, he picks from the litter. Talk you about know. individuals. <laughs> it's, it's all about me. <laughs> so, you know, I just bring this up to, to bring up the point of, of science and how science can be uh, the enemy, so to speak. Yes, I would agree with you. Yeah, so what's, yeah. what's going to happen to religion over the next few decades? What's going to happen to humans over the next few decades? It's going to be really interesting to see. We'll be around. We'll be around. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, about religion, it's interesting because, um, you know, being Catholic, they teach you when you're a child um, there are a lot of Catholics that go to church that don't even know what the religion is really about mm. or the steps or the sacraments or anything. See, now that could there, be a whole podcast there, episode. There, I know, but but there needs to be education, you know, right, for right. adults with religion, I think. Right. You know, they don't teach you when you're an adult. No, because... They teach you when you're a child. Because they're going off of the logic. They're saying... Right. Believe. Right. Just believe. That's right. the message. Just believe. And when somebody questions it, they're like, no, no. Yeah. You either believe you're out of here. Right. Just believe. Right. Believe that he's the son of God. Believe that, you know, believe. Just believe. Right. Yeah. Uh, so that distracts people from learning something like the Sermon on the Mount. Mm-hmm which is Jesus' main teaching, mm-hmm. right? It gets them away from the actual teaching. And the message. And the message. And the real message. And yeah. we have to understand that Christianity wasn't formed until two, 300 years after Christ died. Mm-hmm. His, his religion, so to speak, was called the way. That's what it was called. Yes. It was the way. I haven't heard that in a long time. It was the way. Yeah. That's what it was. That's right. And all the people who accepted the way after Jesus was crucified. That's what it was. And the Romans were like, oh, these people, there's a whole bunch of people following the way. Mm. And then eventually the Romans switched over and they gave it a name and off and running. Mm-hmm. So it's safe to say that the Romans hijacked Jesus's right. teaching. Right. And right. uh, uh, it's also interesting that um, Lao Tzu in China yeah. also called his the way. Buddha in India also called his the way. Yeah. It was all called the way. That's right. Because truth is truth. Yes. Right? There's yes. no... Yes. You know, there, there might be, you know, there, there, there might be some differences because of different cultures. Right. China has a different culture than we do. And India has a different culture than China. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? Right, right. So, you know, there's no Christmas trees in Syria, right? No, I, I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> I don't think so. You know, there's nobody right. Easter egg hunting in uh, yeah, that's true. India. Yeah. You know, yeah. maybe maybe there's some areas, but yeah. You know, there's just different I think we lose we lose sense of this and then we get into the whole my religion is better than yours because based on belief mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's so far removed from the way that's right it all leads to the same path yes yes what are your tips for peace what are my tips for peace um it really is your mind i think um just being aware of your thoughts um reading positive information, reading positive quotes, um, walking. Affirmations. like Affirmations, um, walking, exercising, taking care of yourself, eating good food, right? 
um, I, I think it's a whole way of life. Really, there's not just one little specific thing that gives you peace. Yeah. You have to, you know, talk the talk and walk the walk. I mean, you know, I every day wake up and say a prayer. I say a prayer before I go to bed. Um, I ask for the highest good in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I pray for other people. I pray for people in the world. I, I just, it's about giving back. I've received so much good. And with all the other stuff, that my thoughts are always positive. Meditation, releasing. There's never any negative floating your way. You know, negative has a way of creeping in once in a while, but it's being aware. Yes. It's being aware of that negativity. You know, it's it's like, oh, I'm not feeling really good about this. Okay. Where do I want to go from here with it? Yeah. That that's what you do with it. Yes. And that's where there's peace. Um, staying out of other people's business, mm, right? That's a big one. Um, don't be a control freak, you know? Um, you can't control your children's lives. No. You can't control what other people say about you. No. You know? It's about minding your own business. Yeah. Bettering yourself. Taking care of yourself. And then giving back. And I think there's where my peace comes from. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Well, I, I hope that somebody listening has a new perspective on what it's like to uh, face a life-threatening illness and like go into it with a different perspective. Because you went into it like like Jesus did, walking into the to the court, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Like, I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. I think uh, you know it wasn't planned for that correlation to come up, but it did. Right. The Jesus story came in, so now we can correlate that back to you and how you dealt with your two cancer surgeries. Right. right. Like, it's going to well, be what it's going to be. Go ahead. Do not, right. Knock yourself out. I'd like to emulate him. Yeah. Yeah. So that's nice. The way. The way. So it's been a pleasure. Where can uh, Where can people come say hello to you? How can people find you? Well, I'm at the Bridge Healing Arts Center, mm-hmm. um, and that's 304 Main Street in Farmington. Yeah. Um, I also, um, I'm on Facebook, mm-hmm. a soul-centered mediumship, okay. Denise Ann Atkinson, and um, they can call me at 860-930-9515. Can they text um, you? You can text me too. <laughs> Te- text her? <laughs> and text. Text, yeah. text her and, and yeah, uh, sure. tell her what you Absolutely. got out of this recording. That'd be wonderful. Yeah. I'd love to hear put these recordings out to the universe and see what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for having me on. You're very welcome. If you're looking for more information on this podcast, on myself, on any of my webinars, go to drreese.com. That's doctor spelled out. And I'll talk to you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to Inner Peace with Dr. Reese. If this episode opened your heart, Feel free to share on social media and tell your loved ones. Also, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, may peace be with you.